Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello, and thanks for joining us again on another edition of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, with every organization, there's eventually a change in the leadership. Today, we're going to hear from the new incoming coordinator of the Reach for Hope Coalition here in Washington County. I'd like to welcome Broden Lund to the show. Welcome aboard, Broden, and thanks for joining me today. Yeah, well, thank you, Melissa, for having me. It's a a pleasure. It's great to have you on board. Now, first of all, we'd like to, to give a little tribute to who you're going to be Um, taking over for. We'd like to say thank you to the coordinator prior to uh, Teresa Willey for her uh, continued commitment and dedication to the coalition over the years. Teresa has taken another position in suicide prevention at MCOT or the mobile crisis team, but has been dedicated to the mission of suicide prevention since 2012. She served as the coordinator for Reach for Hope um, since 2019. So we'd like to say thank you to Teresa for all of her help. Um, We recently had given her uh, an award called the Pillar of the Community Award Mm. because she really has done a lot for this. So congratulations again to Teresa. So you've got some big shoes to fill, Yes, but I know that you're up for the task. Tell us a little bit about your background and why you decided to uh, jump out there and try to help with the prevention of suicide. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I want to add to what you're saying about Teresa. Um, She's been a great help in helping me feel more confident and comfortable in this position and uh, hearing all the people that she's gotten to know in her experience. And so I'm excited to kind of continue with those networks that she has built and to keep working with the community to prevent suicide in in St. George especially. And so um, a little bit about me. I was born and raised here in St. George. Uh, I just recently graduated from Utah Tech here. Um, and I'm looking to pursue a marriage and family therapy license. And so that is my end goal is to be a, a therapist and working with youths, couples, families. And um, I kind of, I saw this opportunity, not really familiar with prevention work um, or the science behind that. And so I thought, why not learn a little bit more about other than treating it? Let's work on preventing it by educating and and building the community. Yeah. And it takes a lot of communication in order Mm. to be what you're looking for your end goal to be for marriages and counseling or helping youth and and adults. Uh, Are you married? Yes. Yeah, (laughs) I am. Yes. So you already know you're already going down that path. Yes. I'm already (laughs) building up my personal life experiences. And so, yeah, I still have plenty more to come. And so it'll be great. That's great. Now, um, Tell us a little bit about what you think the 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 coalition is for, and and why why we should have uh, people from different walks of life on that coalition. Mm. Um, well, uh, I believe from what I have seen, I think obviously mental health is becoming a more accepted topic. Um, before there was this big stigma and there, you can still see it here and there, the people that you talk with, some are for it. Some are a little bit more apprehensive about opening up mm-hmm. and cause it takes certain people you need to talk to, like you said, that communication to fill that trust. And so, um, I believe getting a group of individuals from the community in different walks of life to represent, 
um, where they're from to represent the groups that they that they uh, associate with to get their voices to learn okay how is this impacting my community or my groups and what further needs to be done to be helping them and so that's what I see this coalition being is engaging all these different community leaders and partners to uh, limit the risk factors for not just suicide alone but having increased numbers of mental illness and depression and loneliness and um, to better equip them with more resources to educate themselves and their families of how to live more healthier and happier lives. Right. And and part of the things that we've done in the past uh, on the coalition is we've helped others um, in their struggles and whether that be a loss in the family or friendships, um, it's also to help those who might need some resources. And we've handed out comfort bags in the past in order to get that out to them. So those goes to the police departments. They go to uh, people in the community at the hospitals and things to, to let people know that there is help out there. There is hope out there. And that's what we're all about. So it's nice to know that, you know, we have, like you said, people from all different walks of life involved in that and they can get a hold of these comfort bags through through the coalition now mm. the coalition is set up through southwest behavioral health and yes. so people need to understand that that is really a, a good resource as mm. well and that's where we study our mental health um you know we know that students are among some of the highest that are struggling in the state of Utah. I think we were rated uh, second in the nation at one point. I don't mm -hmm. know where we're at now. We might be fifth. But as far as young adults uh, attempting to take their own lives, um, we have some data and a pie chart showing up there that that shows that uh, it's about 18 percent. And then middle-aged adult men are the, uh, the others. Mm -hmm. Tell us ab about some data that we recently received that, that might uh, pertain to this when we talk about the uh, SHARPS survey, which a lot of people might not know about. Yes, yes. Yeah, the, the SHARPS survey, um, which is a questionnaire that we use across the schools here in the state um, for 6th, 8th, 10th, and 12th graders um, just to assess any protective or risk factors in their lives for substance use or, or mental illness. And uh, it's been a great resource. Um, I'm still becoming more familiar with it and going over um, this data, like this pie chart shows of where we can recognize where the need is. And, um, and that it's interesting because right now, I believe for the 10, the 10 year olds, the 24 year olds, it's suicide is the number one leading cause oh, wow. of death with within this age group. And it, and it, it, becomes second and third and goes down the list as you get older. But, and then we see a big influx in, in middle-aged, um, not just in the state, but also in our community here locally. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Is there any uh, data in there? I mean, a 10 year old, that, that just seems really outlandish to think about. I mean, I don't even know that they're even processing what's going on much in life at that age. Yeah, it's it's a, it's it's discouraging and it's it's heartbreaking to see that people at such young age are are considering it or even attempting it. Um, and so just by observing the local data, uh, we I mean we can also be aware of youth go through a lot of different stresses in their lives, whether, they, whether they're transitioning in schools or moving, uh, their family life experiences, uh, academic failure is a big one that tends to uh, bring a child's uh, belief in themselves down, especially when they don't hear their teachers or their parents recognizing their good works or their efforts. 
that can increase their chance of feeling sad or hopeless or not encouraged. Um, and then having a lack of community involvement or having those relationships. So those that they live within their neighbors, um, whether if you're religious and having its close knit community, because people, it shows that people that don't like their community or like the youth that don't like their neighborhoods and they're a lot like they're more, more likely to feel sad and lonely and, and potentially think about suicide. So having, not having connection or relationships with the people around them, that's a big, um, indicator as well. And, uh, knowing that there's a, we're seeing a lot of substance use in schools, um, not just here locally in the state. And, um, that shows that those that use or consistently use substances, whether that's alcohol use, uh, marijuana use, vaping, even prescription medications, um, that those that do use these drugs frequently, that they have a lot higher chance of considering suicide or, and even they're just, even their feelings of hopelessness for multiple weeks or depression, it doubles for those that have used these substances in comparison to those that haven't. Right. And I think social media is another one. They have to Mm. feel like they have to perform and match up to their peers. What can parents or adults then do to support them? Um, That is a great question. Um, Looking at, there's multiple questions that are different areas. A lot of it is mostly looking at the conversations and like the time that parents are spending with their children and the quality. And so it's interesting. It shows that youth that have at least one meal more days throughout the week that they are less less likely meals as a family that they are less likely to consider suicide or to have these negative emotions where they're stuck um so because when they have meals it allows the family to sit down and have a conversation ask the kids about their day the highlights, the lowlights, and really get to know them, what's going on. They might discover that they potentially were bullied either on school property or, um, online. That's a big thing. Like you said, social media, um, putting yourself out there, um, and comparing yourself. So having more frequent meals as a family can promote a more safe and thriving environment for the youth. And, youth that know that their parents expect that meal with them to have it more consistently, that also will help promote better mental health. So put the phones down, take time to listen and understand yeah, and figure right. out where the kid's coming from. Yes. Now, besides that, the coalition um, started years ago hope squads across uh, Washington County and schools and even across the nation. Students who were trained to help ask those difficult questions and have reached out to students who may be struggling. Why do you think it's important to, for kids to get involved? Um, another thing, I mean, I'm throwing a lot of numbers out. I, uh, just want to make sure that, like I said, part of our mission as a coalition is to make sure what we do to provide services or help the community is it, it's, uh, evidence-based and it's research-based. And so I'm kind of just throwing a lot of different numbers out, but, um, it shows that peers are more likely to be the, the listeners or the the audience of youth that feel sad or they want to talk to someone that they're more likely to talk to their friends or their peers than they are a parent or a therapist or another trusted adult. And so, um, hope squads like this, it allows youth to be trained to, to know how to have these conversations and to recognize these, uh, 
these signs, whether that's their body language or maybe their clothing, maybe they're not wearing their favorite color anymore, or they're not going out and playing activities at recess like they normally do, or they're not participating as much. And so having these groups of students in these schools that are, have a little bit more, like have a, uh, they can kind of fixate on it a little bit more mm-hmm. there. It's more in their, in their, uh, their purview. Um, but yeah, I think allowing them to realize peers, they're going to open up to anyone because yeah. they can relate to each other. They're going right. through similar things. So when's their training? Is that coming up? Yeah. So we have our annual training. Um, it's in the fall. So it's the, it's the, in October, the beginning of October. And so we have schools from down here and we have schools from Northern Utah that come down and we use, uh, uh, the auditorium and the places in Dixie tech, which is really great. So a large space for a lot of youth to, um, learn these skills and to develop them. Speaking of skills, many people out there may um, have heard of QPR trainings, which we've talked about before, where members in our community and even the Hope Squad kids are trained to ask those tough initial questions. Are you thinking about taking your own life? Let's take a look right now uh, of a video that was prepared to ask the question. My family would be better off without me. I just want out. Who cares if I'm dead anyway? Pretty soon, you won't have to worry about me anymore. I'm tired of life. I just can't go on. Some people believe that asking someone if they are thinking about suicide will put the idea into their head. The truth is, when you ask someone directly about intent, it lowers anxiety, opens communication, and reduces the risk that someone will take their own life. So please, ask the question. Are you thinking about suicide? So it's really important to ask that question, and it's tough. So this QPR training that we provide, um, tell us about that, why that is so important, and how people can get a hold of uh, Southwest Behavioral Health and people that are trained to do this to teach them how to ask that difficult question. Yeah, yeah, it's... um Watching that, I mean, just listening to those different statements, the different triggers or different warning signs, um, none of them really use the word suicide or I want to end my life or however, the word that they use it, it's like, okay, this is going to be a deep conversation It's and this could either go one way or another. And so knowing how to address that's a little bit scary. Uh, it's a question, uh, statements where you're kind of, your palms get sweaty like mine are right now. Mm-hmm. Um but just a simple, like in that video, like having your arm around them and showing them that you're there and you and looking them in the eye and, and asking them, like, are you thinking of suicide? Um, it, and like they said, it, people think that if we mention it, that it's going to increase the chances of them actually committing suicide, but it lowers it because it shows that you're aware of them and that you're interested, you're curious, you want to allow them to have that safe space where they can open up and talk about it. Yeah. And the, and the QPR stands for question, you know, persuade persuade and and refer. refer. Mm -hmm. And you do offer trainings through that. Yes, yes, we do. And so, um, you can go onto their website, uh, QPR, um, and they have, uh, and I didn't know this, but they have, cause I just, I've done my trainings mostly in person, but they offer online trainings as well, um, for a variety of causes for 
people in a profession of healthcare or those that work with schools, those first responders, that they have specific trainings of how to help these professionals in their fields to address certain situations. And they have um, in-person trainings. So you could just look up on their website, put in your postal code, and then they'll give you a list of instructors and you can contact them, requested training, or you could reach out here locally. You can reach out to Southwest Behavioral Health Center because we also have that communication with the instructors locally. That's awesome. And anybody can do that. We want to talk a little bit about self-care because that's the most important. You yes. might not think about it when we're in that depressed mode. Mm-hmm. You don't want to eat. You just want to sleep, whatever. But it, we need to take time to think about that. What can others do to reach out to help other people to remind them that we need to take a selfie, which as you can see on the screen is sleep, eating healthy, getting some lighter vitamin D outdoors, fun interaction and exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I, for one thing, I mean, going back to the video, I mean, when, when you are in those moments, um, I've experienced something like that, uh, probably my early adolescence where you, it just can switch like that, where you just feel like you're in a hole and it's dark. And the one thing that you want is you want connection. You want someone to reach out and to be there for you. And so doing any of those things, um, whether if you have a partner, just being close with them or um, getting enough exercise, going out and doing something with a friend or a family member. And so, like I said, just getting them involved, getting them these things that really proved to be helpful, going outside, taking a walk or, um, I don't know, going to get an ice cream cone or just to show that you're there and that they, and you want to be there. And they might eventually show up and you might not have to ask that question because you're so involved and interested in their lives that they could just come up and tell you, Hey, I've been thinking about the, I've been thinking about taking my own life mm-hmm. and it just promotes that connection and promotes that conversation, just being there for someone. And connection is key to everything in life. I mean, communication, you are, you already know that. So <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we're almost a year into rolling out the new 988 number and yes. we haven't really gotten any statistics about how well that's working or not, but it's so cool because you can text it, you can call it when people are in a crisis. Um, it, it's what other things would you like to, to look for in the, com- in the community for the future? This number has, has been out there for, like I said, almost a year, but We've, we've tried to post it and paste it out there, but what kinds of things could you see us doing moving forward in the future to create that connection or bond in our community through numbers like this or helping talk to people or maybe referring them? Yes, that's a great question. Um, well, at least in the state of Utah, um, having promoting this number a lot more and having it in more places, I know... Um, that there's been there's some idea of maybe we could find ways of how we can get this more to students, um, youth, and especially college students. Um, maybe getting on their ID cards, having the number on the back, or some messaging that way. Um, having more education and programs at schools. Um, we at Southwest we do offer in in school programs to help promote life skills and um, prevent mental illness or substance use in schools. And especially college age, like I said, that that gap or that range is from 10 to 24. And so implementing more programs and resources for the the younger adults could be helpful as well. And so getting community involved and having this posted everywhere on any sign everywhere. 
I like your ideas. That's great. I never thought about putting it on an ID card. Yes. Um, we've yeah. seen billboards. We've seen different things. We've got the Live On campaign out there. Mm-hmm. And then um, even as far as reaching out to veterans, when they call that number, there's a special number they call after they call it. Yes. Right. Mm. And, you know, if we can include everybody and be inclusive to everybody in the community on that number and just make that connection and Mm -hmm. let people know that we do care, because that's a whole point of reach for hope. Um, But a lot of people won't reach out. Mm -hmm. So if it's in their face, (laughs) then maybe we can we can get them to uh, feel less of the stigma that goes along with thoughts of suicide and more along, hey, maybe it's okay to not be okay. And I think mm-hmm. we've put that message out there before too. Yes, absolutely. And and I love how you said that. I, I think the more we have available and the more we, we talk about it, it's it's going to promote that connection. It's going to promote that curiosity and and being able to realize that we can all have moments of sadness, loneliness, where um, we can relate, find ways to relate to one another and recognize that there is a lot to hope for. There's a lot to reach out and to hope for. And having someone recognize that and see that in you and help you bring them out of that spot, we, we need more people trained in that. What, um, what can the public do to help? Uh, the public can do, I mean, we, they can re- look at our website. Uh, we're going to be, we're going to do what we can to stay on top of it and have events posted where you can look to see when you can come, where you can be involved. Um, becoming QPR trained. This training as a gatekeeper, as, as they call it, Q- QPR gatekeeper, you can, this is training for anyone and everyone um, just to learn how to have these conversations. Um, being intentional, like I said, we're talking about families and uh, parents learning how to have interest in their kids and having more meals together and just these simple acts um, of having conversation and being curious will definitely be a great way of how the community can get involved. They can contact Southwest again through uh, the Reach for Hope website. There's classes that we offer through for parents. We're doing our in-school programs as well. Um, And just to become more familiar of what suicide prevention is all about, it is just about asking that question. Are you thinking about suicide? And then how you can be of support to them and get them the resources that they need. And they have the Booth Wellness um, here on campus at Utah Tech too. Yes. Um, have you? Did you? When you were attending school here, did you hear about things? Was it was it publicized? Did was it was it? Did you hear about it? Yeah, I uh, yes, I've I, I've I've gotten services at the Booth Wellness Center before, um, and it's great that they have that available for students because that's one thing is the accessibility of mental health care is is hard to get because um, mm-hmm. it can get expensive, especially in that age range from 10 to 24, especially when you're on your own, you graduate and you're kind of on your own, you move away. Mental health can be, mental health care can be expensive. And so that they have that here and publicizing and they have, they have a wellness fair and they have booths. And so I think at least here on campus at Utah Tech, they do a great job. And so wanting to make sure that we continue having not just like events or information, but that we can continue to hold classes to help them recognize and for themselves and for other, like their friends, how they can talk about these things. What are your thoughts? Um, we only have a couple of minutes left, but in regards to um, what you'd like to see um, uh, or improve on or, or keep the coalition, guide the coalition to over the next year while you're here to um, help get this word out and maybe any, any things that you'd like to share. Um, yeah, I, I want to, I want to make sure that 
the coalition has a voice. And like you said, we were talking about before that we're bringing a bunch of different people from different areas in different professions and different groups together. And I want to make sure that we, we are all aware of what they're living and what they're seeing. And so, cause when you get a, a room full of a lot of different people, it's really hard to narrow it down on one thing. And so just having a space for ideas and being open to anything, cause really taking care of people and benefiting this community by preventing suicide, you can do that in many ways. And so by just starting and having these conversations with people and saying, okay, what can we do to reach out to your group specifically? Um, and just maybe to get our feet wet and some new things. So maybe we might be seeing some new things from Reach for Hope. Yeah. So be looking for it, right? Yes. Yes. Be aware. Yes. <laughs> How can somebody get a hold of Reach for Hope if they're looking to possibly be on the coalition and or would like to help out or maybe use that as a way to uh, help others? Yes. Um, so you could, again, you could reach out through our website. Um, there's a spot where you can, I believe you can fill out a form and, um, you could also reach out, uh, you can contact me at Southwest Behavioral Health Center, um, and get a hold of the prevention team. And yes, I, I would love to collaborate and work. We would love to work with anyone that's willing to offer their time, offer their energy, um, and offer their love for this community. All right, Broden. Well, thank you so much for all you've done so far, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of what you're going to be doing in the future. So thank yes. you so much. And thank you. Appreciate all your efforts there. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thanks to all of you out there for uh, uh, listening, and we hope that you will share this uh, information with others um, because we all want to reach out for hope and help others. Thanks for watching. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call or text the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988 because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.